Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. The price you paid for my life God's perfect sacrifice Sufficient for me The blood of God to atone My sin you made your own you have set me free You alone have risen You alone have saved us You alone have rescued us from the grave Glory you reign now All creation cries out You alone are king You alone Good Saturday afternoon to My name is Mark Rennick This is Victory Over Sin I hope you're having a good Saturday afternoon Treasure Valley This part of the show is what I attempt to do is to share with you how we are funded and what we're attempting to do here. Victory Over Sin is funded by Systemic Change of Idaho. And Systemic Change of Idaho is a fully operational advocacy arm of the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul here in the Treasure Valley. Uh, We're excited to have this entity and be able to come to you and to share with you what it's like to come out of incarceration and be on parole. Uh, We take that very seriously. We do several things to educate you, the public, about what that's about. One of them is this show, and we've been doing this show for almost two and a half years now. If you go back to the archives here at KBXL and you look up Victor Over Sin, you'll see a litany of support in terms of organizations who have supported us and who have talked to us about working with people who are returning citizens. You will see people who are returning citizens themselves come on and share their story. We've had national figures. We've had state figures, uh, elected officials. We've had all the wardens in the Department of Corrections here in Idaho. It's a real good work, uh, body of work, if you will, for how how, with how things happen here in Idaho with the Department of Corrections. So go back and take a look at that. In addition to that, we also have a PowerPoint that we go out and share with your service group, with your church, with your business, if you will, if you want to learn about how the Department of Corrections works. And that is a very interesting presentation. It lasts about 20 minutes. The great thing about this is that it is uh, done by a returning citizen themselves. So you'll see them stand a little bit prouder. You'll see their back straighten up, and they'll talk about their time as they're incarcerated as they share things that uh, facts that uh, you probably don't know. So if you're interested in any of that or you're interested in involvement, at the end of the show, I'm going to let you know how to get in contact with me. We'll be happy to either bring the presentation to you. More importantly, if you're driving around and you're a returning citizen yourself, or you have a story that's powerful that you think the people of of the state of Idaho need to hear, get in touch with me and we can talk about that. We're always looking for those kinds of support. We are excited about the future and the rest of the year we've been doing some great things. We've moved into a new office, if you have not heard that or me speak of that. We are now located at 8620 West Emerald Suite 140. We are looking for people who are coming out of prison for the first day to end up at our office. We'll give them a voucher for some clothes from St. Vincent de Paul. We'll connect them up with resources. And the good thing about this is that everybody on my staff pretty much has been incarcerated themselves. So it's a good place. In addition, if you need a ride from prison, uh, we'll pick you up for that ride for prison. In addition to that, we also are linked up very strongly with a national organization. And that national organization is called Just Leadership USA. That is an advocacy organization aimed at people who have been incarcerated, 
they train people who have been incarcerated to be better, better leaders. So we can link you up with that group, too. Uh, that's an exciting group based in New York. If you need information, just look up Just Leadership USA on Google, and you'll get some information. I'm fortunate enough to be a fellow from them and got to spend most of, I could spend uh, six weekends in 2018 back in New York City doing some training through them. And I am now one of those fellows from 2018. There's only 120 of us across the country and we're looking to expand. If that's something that's of interest to you, please get in contact with me. We need somebody else to represent Idaho back there in New York. This group is powerful in that they are the group that if you're watching the news has closed Rikers Island in New York City. They've totally changed the structure of the parole system in New York. It's a powerful organization to be a part of. Their hashtag is half by 2030. They look to train people like you and I, if you're a returning citizen, into changing the system so that the population, incarcerated population of the country is decreased by half by the year 2030. I'm excited about that, and I'm also excited about our guest, and we'll be right back in just a second. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Okay. One of the cool things about doing this show is you get to invite people on that you really like and you really care for. And I've got a special person here today. It's uh, Todd Edman. Todd's the pastor at Connections Community Church yes. in North Bend, Oregon. Welcome, Todd. Hey, thanks for having me. We should also share uh, honestly that your bride, Sandy, and your daughter are in the studio at the same time. So you may hear her too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She uh, doesn't know she's on the radio, but she may, we may hear her from time to time. Sweet voice. Yes. So thank you. Most people don't, they don't know you as the pastor of Connections Community Church, but they know you as a VRC at, at Max yes. for a while. That's where we met, right? Yeah. You tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, and how we got here. Well, um, I born and raised in California, um, mm-hmm. transplant to Oregon and then Idaho. And uh, when I got to Idaho, I was um, worked were, uh, with the Idaho Gang and Intelligence Unit, and then uh, left there and went to uh, become the chaplain uh, VRC at Max mm-hmm. through Three Oaks, and so that is where I got to know you and, that's right, that's right. and uh, many other guys that uh, I've had yeah. the pleasure to see. You know, I didn't know until we went to dinner the other night too. You were a mortician along the yes. way. Too. That oh, was, yes, that was. You should tell me a little oh, yeah. bit about that too. Well, you know, when I first became, you know, I was an atheist before I became a Christian, and so when I first became a Christian, I knew that God wanted me to do something, and uh, I just didn't know what that was. And so I was putting out fillers. I was, you know, I I went through police academy in Visalia, California, and. 
you know, I wanted to be a I wanted to be a police chaplain, but that never really worked out. You know, you had to, I had to be just hard nosed cop, you know, that type of stuff. And and so then I um, uh, I had a guy in my church who was a mortician at one of the local mortuaries, and he says, you know, if you we need somebody to be able to work with people to help them. Uh, go through grieving uh, the grieving process and and you would just do really good at that and so um, I said well that sounds like a great thing that maybe that's where God wants me to be and and so then I went in and and um, uh, found myself having to start in the the very back room where they had, did all the you know the bodies came in you know the, the you know and uh, and had to do the uh, the embalmings and the autopsy preps and stuff, and and uh, I never really got a chance uh, at the beginning to um, to work with people, families that are going through individuals that are going through a grieving time. And uh, during the time, my wife was pregnant with our uh, youngest son, uh, who's now thirty three, um, but he. Um, and and during that time, I it seemed like I was uh, I did more uh, you know uh, autopsy preps and different things with babies, and that just really had an impact on me. And I just said, I this is not for me. I can't do hmm. it. So that's that's where that ended up. And then then I uh, uh, got a call from my uh, pastor at the church that I was at, and he said, you know, I would really like to have you come on as a youth pastor. Uh, maybe that's where God wants you to be, but I can't can't pay you as a youth pastor, but I can pay you as a janitor because we really need a janitor also. Mm-hmm. And so I I went on and and uh, said no problem. So um, I cleaned toilets and vacuumed and uh, worked with youth, and the youth group began to grow uh, from about seven kids to to about 125 kids within a, a year or so. And uh, uh, the janitor job went to the side and i was on there full-time and that's how my ministry started yeah that's what uh, you know bob caldwell here locally yeah. it was oh, yeah. uh, yeah. that's what he used to say people would i i the story is accredited to him i haven't heard him say it but is that somebody would come into him and they say i really want to serve really want to serve the lord and he goes okay well you know the men's restroom needs coming <laughs> in so that's yeah. and so I, and that's how you kind of got on his staff is yeah. you just started that way and Many churches have kind of expanded here in the Treasure Valley from yeah. from the work that he started. So I, that makes sense. I think if you're in the right spot, God finds a spot for you to go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So from there, how did you meet? Because uh, you got to Three Oaks through Brent Reinecke. Right? Well, yeah. I, I you know from there I, I went to college uh, down in San Diego, uh, and then uh, I was a drug and alcohol therapist in in uh, for Kings County Mental Health, and then I moved to. To Oregon, uh, became a pastor and uh, at the church there for about ten years. Um, moved from there to Idaho because my my kids moved and uh, here to go to college at Northwest Nazarene University. Oh, okay. And uh, my wife, uh, you know, going through a kind of an empty nest syndrome, said, hey, can, "You know, we need to move to to Idaho." And and uh, that's when I uh, really began to meet you guys. And yeah, that was cool. From there, because yeah. you were. Um you were VRC after I was after yes. I was released, and you and I met at um, an event on Eagle Road at that. Uh, it used to be still a Nazarene church. You were doing a thing with Boyd. I think that's where you and I talked. Yeah, the very first, first time. time. Yeah, first time. Yeah, that's very. And I just, yeah, it's like uh, you and I connected in that conversation, and it's been great. Tell me about though how you got the job at Three Oaks. That's a cool story. Well, I, think. Um, I 
you know, I left working with the Idaho Gang and Intelligence Unit, and and the director uh, of uh, the prison at the time was, uh, was Brent, Brent, Brent Reinecke, and and uh, we kind of just connected somehow to, um, you know, he knew that he knew my background in law enforcement, he knew my background in ministry. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned he goes he goes you know there's a position available for uh, with through Three Oaks um, that you might want to apply for and so that's when I met Boyd yeah. and uh, who is the director there at mm-hmm. uh, Three Oaks and I just said you know I'd love to be able to do this I don't know how I could fit in uh, uh, you know uh, how I can work with these you know the guys that you know that that are in there and but I I, I feel like that. This is where God really wants me to be right now. So um, I was placed at Max uh, mm-hmm. as what they call the VRC, Volunteer uh, Religious Coordinator. Religious coordinator. Um, everybody knew me as Chappie there. And so it was, and they knew they knew that I was a, a follower of Jesus Christ. So they just mm-hmm. knew that I was a Christian there. And, and, but, and it was just a, a, an open field. It was just amazing to be able to say, to, to, to go and meet with these guys that are incarcerated and be able to minister their heart and and just build relationships. I still have connection with a lot of these guys through email and you know through the prison email and different you know, things. And I think it's uh, people listening to us, and I've always contended this, but you can help me support. Max was a, is and has been a very special place, mm-hmm. and it's uh, an I always thought my time there, because I was there for five years, that was that was the best aspect of it, because it really was a community, yeah. and uh, some really good things happened at Max, yeah. even though I remember when I was getting transferred there, they said, well, you're going to get to live with the 500 worst people in the state of Idaho, yeah. uh, but it really is a special place, isn't it? Is. It? it really is, yeah. especially because uh, you're so individualized, so many people are off on their own, and workers and stuff like that. We really got a chance to build up relationships that were were very positive for me, and you reinforce that. I, I would think the pers- the people that are listening to us don't believe that, but mm. you're right. I think as a VRC there, you were able to de- to develop stronger relationships with people than you would have at any other institution. Well, yeah, and especially kind of kind of being on both sides of the the, the fence, so to speak, of being able to go in and to be able to know uh, these guys, the, these the, the guys that are in. Yeah, and and I only worked at Max as a as the chaplain as a VRC. Right, yeah. So the guys that were that are there, um, the, uh, most uh, many of them uh, are just very hungry for um, oh, just pro social communication. Uh, right. Um, somebody that's re- somebody that can be real with them. Somebody that lives in the in a world like they lived in, and and maybe been through some of the things that they've been through, and have a, have a voice. And so, so it was just a it was a blessing. I uh, again, I still have contact with a lot of the guys that are in there to continue on in in ministering to them, and, and just even through even through via the JPay mm-hmm. uh, no, program no, they have. So. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to us today who are out there still, and so it's good that you hear their voice. And and I think they need to know, it's important that they need to know that a lot of us haven't haven't forgotten those guys and that there are people out there in the desert that, you know, we talked about this morning, we were in a meeting over in my office and we were talking about how so many people don't even know how many prisons there are out there yeah, south exactly. of town. And yeah. so it's a different sort of situation. And in part, that's what we're trying to do is just to educate you, yeah. that public, about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So we got to Three Oaks. Tell me about how we got to Oregon and the church plant. The church plant was through Cro- Crossroads, right? It's through uh, Crossroads Community Church, uh, which, which is affiliated with the Evangelical Methodist Church. Right. And uh, but um, you know, I, I left the ministry for uh, for a while, and uh, really, we were here for about eleven years, and couldn't really find a church until we went to. Uh, crossroads in Nampa and we and they knew my background they knew that I, I planted churches before I knew that I was pastoring churches before in the past um, and just really encouraged me to uh, to consider doing it again and so my wife and I prayed uh, earnestly about it and um, they said um, they, they said how would you like to plant a church for the uh, Evangelical Methodist Church and and I said, well, where? And <laughs> they said, well, we're a nation, you know, and, you know, about 80, 86 churches in the United States, 300 worldwide. And, you know, we were really trying to plant on the West Coast. And they said, do you, do you know of any place that you can plant on the Oregon coast? And I said, well, I, I used to pastor a church in uh, Coos Bay, North Bend. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a good idea to go back there, but there's a lot of people in our target area. Our target for the plant was people who left church for one reason or another at one mm-hmm. time. You know, they left God or they left church, didn't want to be a part of it. And so they, um, they just kind of... Um, uh, that was our target, but you know, Sandy and I, we were uh, like Paul. We wanted to go to Bethania, but God wanted us to go to Philippi, no, which in this yeah. case is Coos yeah. Bay. Yeah. And uh, we ended up there, um, planted a church in a in a, uh, in a we started in a coffee shop for a couple of weeks and outgrew the coffee shop, and then we went into an old bar and uh, was there for about eight uh, eight months. And then we grew to a big dance hall, which we are in to this day, and we still have the still have the mirror ball and the dance floor there. Uh, that's uh, that can be. Well, and I can I can attest to the fact too that a couple of years ago there was a conference for us that we were over in Portland, and I took off early and kind of came down and saw you. And that oh, was yeah. I really wanted to do that, but I can attest to the fact that if you're headed that way, uh, it's really worth the the trip down to say hi and to see what you're doing because it's. Uh, it's always great to see um, people who have cared for us, let's say, and gone on and done great things, and that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. It uh, shows what God does in our lives and what's done in your life, and Praise it God. should give uh, you driving around or out there in the desert some hope that, boy, this is what happens when you give your life to, to Jesus and you start following that and you change your life. The world really opens up for you. Uh, yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Totally yeah. agree. I mean, I... Um, Todd hasn't been here in a long time, so he got to see the office, and he got to see some of the stuff that we're doing. And today, I think uh, we're taping this on a day in which I have been out for eight years, and if you'd have told me that we have the office and the influence and uh, the pathway, if you will, with the support of you listening to me and you getting involved in the future, too, we we seriously can change the, the way Idahoans viewed corrections, and we can change the system and make it better. So I think uh, I, w- I think you would echo my plea in that if this touches your heart or you hear Todd's voice and you say, this is pretty cool, or you hear my voice, you need to get in touch with us and you need to kind of step forward. That's Sorry. the only way things are going to change. Exactly. Don't you exactly. think? Exactly. Yes. Okay. So tell me the link for you to the population incarcerated because you reach out 
I was at your church, and it, you, it looks like you say you're preaching to the people who have gone away from church, but there's really the broken, there were broken mm-hmm. people there when I was with you too. It's reaching that broken. What's that attraction for you in terms of so we have that population? You know, so we, uh, you know, we not only reach um, those who, um, have, you know, at one point called it quits for church and God and everything, but we uh, also have Connections Recovery, to which my wife is a director of, and uh, we minister to those uh, who are um, recover basically uh, recovering from all addictions, not just exactly. drug and alcohol. Yeah. And so it's been a that's been a huge blessing uh, there. Uh, we also work with the homeless, not not to the point where there's an enabling feature there, um, but to the point where we try to get them as on their feet. People in our church that have that work employment uh, organizations, mm-hmm. and we try to get them jobs, and um, we have you know get them clothes we got food and so mm-hmm. we we just want to really not only minister to their hearts and allow God to do what God does best what who God can what we can't do right. um and and but we also provide those other areas that of needs to help them Yeah cuz I was particularly interested in terms of uh, recovery stuff cuz you guys did that right after it seemed like right after you started and I was connected up cuz we connected social media wise, mm-hmm. and it looked like that's the same sort of stuff we're doing over at the office you just left. Yeah. And so it's, I, I, I can't impress upon people how powerful that is to be in that group where it's not necessarily this 12 step or this organized uh, celebrate recovery, et cetera, et cetera. It's a different approach to all sin and to mm-hmm. all aspects of your life that need addressing. And you guys do that too. You exactly. call it something different. But that's where the, you know, that's where the magic happens, maybe, yeah. almost, you could say. Would you say that? Or? And that thing was, you know, the, the Connections Recovery was really prayed over because for, I would say, for the first year, nobody came. I mean, yeah. we were we were putting out flyers. We yeah. were going to the local Department of Human Services. We were going everywhere, putting out flyers, putting out posters. Nobody came, but we would show up, and there was a group of my, myself, my wife, and uh, one of the other ladies would show up, and we would do nothing but praying for the whole time, and praying that God would go before us, you know, and, and compel uh, those who needed it to come in, and all of a sudden, it just it just blossomed. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, that's the part I love about it, too, because I'll have people even have been, because we've been doing ours for five or so years, a little over five, and it's like some people say, well, you know, they used to come, and this person used to come, and it isn't so much that aspect. Yeah. It's just whoever shows up is the people exactly. that really exactly. needed to be here that exactly. night, and it's it's very powerful when you're not trying to announce that this is the greatest thing in the world. Right. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but anybody that comes in, I see there are nights when I think, what am I going back to the yeah. office for for this? And boy, this is sort of, and then I leave that night thinking, God, this was so great, yeah. and this is so cool. I mean, it's like I, last night there's a, a gentleman who's been out of prison for a while, and he struggled with what job to do. He started part-time at Home Depot, and they just put him on wow. full-time. Wow. You know, He's never really had a job, yeah. and he credits all that to his relationship with Jesus yeah. Christ. And so... That's that's the kind of stuff you get to see, right. and, and you want to kind yeah. of you want to kind of encapsulate that and yeah. say, "Hey, world, look at yeah. this! You know, yeah. you're out there broken, walking around, and it's difficult. This is what look what happened yeah. here, and you're I, in some ways you're, I guess we're privileged to see and to experience, and that's yeah. just." It makes getting up in the morning easier right. every day. So. And it's not about numbers; it's no, about it's changed lives for the yeah, glory of God. Nice. You know, but you know that's yeah, it's very powerful. That's very powerful. Well, this is so cool. Where are you going in the future? What are you going to do in the future? 
Well, right now we're still, you know, we planted uh, Connections Community Church there in North Bend uh, a little over four years ago, and God has not called me anywhere yet. We're, we're you know, we're, the church is growing, the church is moving forward, uh, people are rising up to take on ministries, God is changing lives, and so as long as um, God has me there, you know, my, my big thing is that I just don't want, uh, it's, it, it's, I mean, it's not about me, it's about what God has to, to do there through me. Well, you know, and I think, too, you did something very brave when I was over there. Your little one here who is being very good, but you might have heard through it, to take on, if you don't mind me saying, that the age you are, a new one like this is very powerful. Yes. And how speak a little bit to that. Well, um, my wife and I have three biological children ourselves. Our youngest daughter uh, lives in New York, and she is 30 years old. Um, and um, she – and so – when we moved to Coos Bay, my wife and I were doing uh, marriage and family counseling through the Department of Human Services, just as a, just a service through the church. And uh, Sandy, my wife, discovered that um, there was such a huge need for foster parents. There was a, a n- huge number of children that were in the foster care, but very little, very few uh, foster parents. And so... Um, uh, she she said, Todd, we need to step it up, and so we begin to take on foster children. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think the first year that we did it, we probably we probably had probably thirteen to fifteen kids uh, in total over the year. And uh, then all of a sudden, our daughter, uh, we got a call from the hospital uh, when she was two days old, and uh, the uh, they said we have a child that needs uh, emergency care and. So we came and picked her up, and uh, from the very moment my wife laid eyes on her, uh, it was yours. It was she was ours. And should we let her say hi? And she, and she said, and she said, uh, Todd, um, we've rested long enough. It's time to adopt this one. And so, oh, at fifty-five years old, that's what we're doing. That, I mean, that's fantastic. Abby, do you want to say hi? Hey, Abby, do you want to say hi to the whole world? Oops. Say hi. A little. Louder. Well, listen. You probably heard. There you go. Thank you. And she's been kind of this great. You may have heard her kind of coloring the background throughout the show, but she's been delightful. And it's so neat to see on both of you. And uh, I'm so happy for all of you. And uh, thank you for coming over. We're going to keep in touch with these guys. And uh, you need support like this. And uh, congratulations on all you do. You can see God in all three of your hearts. It's really powerful. Okay. We'll be right back. As you can tell, I get, I am so blessed to do stuff that I get to do, and so this was really a powerful thing for me, and uh, I hope it was for you guys, too. If anything we talked about in this show you need some information on, we're really, really easy to reach. You can reach out to us at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can send me an email, systemicchangeofidaho at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. Man, you can even call us on the phone at area code 208-477-1006. We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.